Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. Good morning, family. How's everybody doing today? I have got some dear friends, the Lewis family here today. So everybody, if you could just jump on them after service, love them, pat them, hit them, whatever you got to do, okay? Just love them today. So thank y'all. Hey, it is so good to see everybody. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I hope you, whether it was simple and, and peaceful or whether, like my mom's house, it was chaos and madness at times. Uh, I hope that you felt God's presence, and, and I hope, honestly, with your families that you guys just had a Merry Christmas. If you're new today, uh, I am not the senior pastor. I am so sorry. So <laughs> my name is Scott, and I'm the executive pastor here at OKC. Tim and Christy Mannon are our senior pastors uh, who are incredible. Can we get a hand for them real quick? Come on. They are, they are taking a break this week and in my home state of Colorado doing some skiing. So I'm so excited for them, and you could be praying for them this week that, um, you know, that they will get the rest that they need because, guys, we got a big year ahead of us, and we are excited about it, and I know that they're going to come back passionate uh, about what we're doing. So as Isaiah said, uh, we are starting a brand new series this year, and, or at the end of this year, and can you believe that the teens are over, that we are going into a brand new decade? 2020. Now, I know this kind of dates me, but when I was in growing up in the 80s, I feel like there were movies made about 2020, you know, like there were going to be flying cars and robots that took care of us and all these things. And, and here we are. We're in 2020. So I'm excited. Uh, the new series is 2020 in a new year, a new decade. And today we're going to talk about a new hope. And uh, I'm really excited about this because I, I think we all hope. We all have hopes and dreams. Without even knowing it, probably over the course of this last few months, you have said a phrase like this. Oh, I hope you guys can make it. Oh, I hope they still have double chocolate fudge left. Oh, I hope that girl or guy is there. We hope for a greater tomorrow. We hope for greater peace. We hope that our government will stop acting like children. We have a lot of hopes. I have a lot of hopes. There's, in the course of this message, uh, and just in my research, I remembered a movie that it, I, I absolutely love, and that's Shawshank Redemption. I don't know how many of you, anybody seen that movie? If you haven't seen that movie, you need to see that movie. Really, really good movie. Anyway, the movie is based on this guy whose wife is murdered, And he is accused of it, so he goes to jail. And he spends all this time in jail hoping for his future, hoping for freedom, hoping that truth will abound. And there's this great quote from the movie that I love. And it says, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things. And a good thing never dies. I have hopes. You have hopes. A lot of my hopes nowadays really center more around my children. You know, that they would know how wide and long and high and deep the love of our God is. That they would know God the way I know God. You know, that they would know who God made them to be and that they would be able to live that out. 
Because there's nothing like when you're living out God's purpose in your life. I hope they know love the way I know love, that, that they find a husband and a wife as good as mine. Because she is incredible, y'all. You know, I waited a long time, but God provided. You know, I hope for the future. I hope that someday I get to retire and I'm standing in the middle of a Colorado stream just fly fishing with a pipe in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Anybody seen River Run Through It? Come on. Just like get that picture in your head. That is my dream for retirement. We all have hopes. Hopes. You have hopes. Maybe in the coming year, you have hopes about your relationships. Hopes for a husband or a wife. Hopes for a stronger relationship with your spouse. Hopes for a strong career. Maybe you have hopes for a raise. Maybe you have hopes that you're going to move up in your company. Maybe you have a hope that you're going to start your own company this year. Maybe you have hopes for your children or for children. What is to come for them? You might have hope for good health. You might have hope for a great vacation. Hopes abound. Hopes never end. In a lot of ways, hope at some times is what keeps us going. I thought today it would be interesting to take a look at hope. What is hope? What, what did hope look like in biblical times? How hope plays out in our lives? And maybe how we hope could be different in 2020, in the new year, in the new decade. So first of all, what is hope? Hope, is it a vision? Is it an idea? Is it a place? Is it a feeling? Is hope beyond where the possibilities are? Is hope a place you want to go, a place you want to be? Is hope beyond the possibilities? Is hope something you want to achieve? Something different than today? I heard a message a few years ago, and it was by Rick Warren. He was talking about hope. And he said, in the Bible, there's a lot of different hopes. There are a lot of different terms that denote the word hope, but they all kind of come down into three different types of hope, okay? And so the first one is wishful hope. It's a wish upon a star. You've got no control over it, okay? It, it is like hoping that you're going to win the lottery. Because statistically speaking, you could probably go to the moon before you win the lottery. So that is a wishful hope, people. A wishful hope is hoping that the cookies you ate this Christmas had no calories and you did not gain any weight. That is a wishful hope. It is my wishful hope because I eat a lot of cookies. My wife is really bad about Christmas cookies. There is in Ruth 1, 11, and 17, and if you're not familiar with the book of Ruth, it's in the Old Testament, and it's a story about she has lost her husband. She's also lost her two sons, and she has her daughter-in-laws, and she says this to him. She says, return home, my daughters, for I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? She even knows that her hope is a wishful hope. It is most likely not going to happen, and she really doesn't have any control over it. The second type of hope is expectant hope. I have an expectation because of an action, something that I did, 
So like a farmer plants seeds in the ground, he has a hope that something is going to sprout out of those seeds. But there's no guarantees because some seasons it is a bountiful harvest. And if you've ever been a farmer, you know that some seasons they just don't seem to come up like they normally do. But you have an expectation because of something that you have done in expectant hope. In Psalm 25, 20 through 21, it says, Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. David is saying, Lord, I, because of my integrity and me being upright, something that he has done, he's hoping the Lord will bless him. Because in the Old Testament, it was about what you do, trying to approve the Lord. So the third one, so we have wishful hope, we have expectant hope, and then we have certain hope. And certain hope is knowing for certain without a shadow of a doubt that the thing you hope for is going to happen. There aren't many things in life that have a, a certain hope. You could say, I hope the sun comes up tomorrow, and you could be pretty sure that it's going to come up. There might be clouds out, but, but you know it's, it's happening behind there. But you can have a certain hope. As believers in Jesus, we have a certain hope. It says this in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. And just to give you some background, Peter walked with Jesus his entire ministry. Knew him probably better than anybody. He saw his miracles. He saw the healings. He saw him die on a cross. And he saw him and his resurrected body. So Peter says this, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I love that. A living hope through resurrection Amen. and in an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Amen. Does that not sound like certain hope? Amen. For those of us that are believers, certain hope is a reality. Amen. We can have that reality in our life. Even better, we have a living hope. Our God is not dead. Amen. Our God is alive. Amen. Our hope will never perish, spoil, or fade. So we have wishful hope. We have expectant hope. And we have certain hope. So let's go back to the Old Testament. And, and if you've spent any time in the Old Testament, you know that hope came about in looking for this ultimate deliverance that God had promised and in 2 Samuel 7, it actually talks about that God would establish the throne of David forever. An anointed ruler who would be God's agent to restore Israel's glory and rule the nations in peace and righteousness. And in the Old Testament, there's like 570 messianic prophecies talking about this Messiah that would come. And after David stepped down and the new king came up, after every king, they kept hoping, they kept hoping that this was going to be the Messiah. And it just would never work out. But over the course of thousands of years in the Old Testament, 
there was that hope for the Messiah to come. Now, when we switch to the New Testament, there's a different kind of hope. Because now, hope has a name. Hope has a face. Hope has now been seen. And for those that believed, it was a game changer. In the New Testament, there are only two words for hope. In the Old Testament, there was about 11, and they all fell under those, into those categories of wishful, expectant, and certain. But in the New Testament, the words elpis and elpizian, a noun and a verb, and that was it. Because hope wasn't this subjective thought of what was coming, hope was a person. And they could put all their hope in that person of Jesus. I love one theologian. He translates hope in the New Testament. And, and this is one of the, the best explanations that I've heard. It says, hope is an expectation with the nuance of counting upon. Say that with me. Expectation, expectation. with the nuance, with the nuance. Of, counting upon. of counting upon. That is certain hope. An expectation that we count on. That it, we know that it's going to happen. In our history of God's people in the Old Testament, it started as wishful hope. It started as expectant hope as God began to do miracle after miracle. The splitting of the Red Sea, the manna that came down from heaven, all of these different miracles that were happening were giving them hope. And then the prophecy of this Messiah coming that's where their hope came from. But in the New Testament, it switched into a living hope that we could see and that was resurrected from the dead, which just gave us even more hope. I hope that you have that hope today. I hope that you have a certain hope. I hope that you realize that what God has set aside for you will never perish, spoil, or fade. That's the hope we have today. An expectation with the nuance of counting upon. So what does that mean for us? You know, on Sunday mornings when we come and we worship, do we wishfully hope that God is going to show up? No, we don't because we have a living hope. Amen. We come on Sunday mornings knowing that his presence is in this place because his word says so. Amen. It says where two or three are gathered, I am with them. So we come knowing that we're going to experience God every single time. When we pray over people at the end of our services, which we love to do, we don't wishfully hope or even expectantly hope because of the special words that we say. No, we believe that God wants to hear our prayers and we believe that he wants to answer them because he's a living God, because he's a father in heaven who loves us. He's a good, good father who wants to bless his people. So we have a certain hope of him answering our prayers. So with the time left this morning, okay, we kind of looked at hope in the Old Testament, hope in the New Testament. What, what is hope? I want to spend just a little bit of time and shift from understanding what hope is and who our hope is to how we live out hope. How we move from wishful hopes to certain hopes in our life. How with the same confidence that we have that Jesus is alive 
and wants us to live life to the full, you can bring your hopes alive. So if you have your Bible with you or you want to bust out your phone, however you want to do it, I want you to go to Hebrews 11. And you guys know this verse. It is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. And here at the, the end of the year, which we tend to do, maybe you're not a big resolutions person, but maybe you're thinking about this past year. And maybe you're thinking about what are my hopes for a new year and a new decade. I think this would be an incredible verse this week to meditate on. It says in 11.1, faith is the confidence of things hoped for and the assurance of things not seen. This tiny passage of scripture has so much tied up in it. And it, let me tell you, I have blown over this passage a hundred times. Just read it quickly and moving right along. But if you sit on this verse, there is something for us to learn. Between, to learn about the relationship between hope and faith. You see, the passage starts out talking about faith. Okay, How do hope and faith differ? The simple definition of faith and hope are as follows. Faith is confidence or trust in a person or thing or a belief not based on proof. I love that passage in scripture where Jesus is talking to Thomas. And if you remember in, when Jesus was resurrected, Thomas said, unless I put my finger in his side, I'm not going to believe. And when he did, Jesus said this to him in John 20, 29. He said, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. That is faith. Believing in something without seeing it, believing something is or even can and will happen before it happens. That is what faith is. Okay? Now, hope is an expectation or desire set somewhere in the future. And the big difference between faith and hope is faith says it is so now. Hate, faith believes in it now, whereas hope is looking ahead of what could happen. Faith believes without seeing the finished product. You see in the passages in Hebrews, it says faith is the confidence or the belief of things hoped for. Expectation with the nuance of counting upon. When you have hope, a desire, and then you couple it with faith, there's something magic that happens. Jesus talks about faith in Matthew 17 again. He says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Amen. Nothing will be impossible for you. Faith is powerful. When you believe in something so deeply that it's going to happen, it will move you in your life. I want to show you guys just this concept of hope and faith and how they work together for those of you who are visual learners like myself. You see, on, on the y-axis, we have hope, wishful, expectant, and certain, just like we talked about, and faith on the bottom going from small to big. Wishful hope, it, it doesn't take any faith. You're just throwing it out there, and if it happens to happen, great. But as you start to believe, as you start to take action steps, all of a sudden, your faith is growing a little bit. You've got more of an expectant hope. 
and you're moving up. It's when you truly start to believe in the things that you hope for that you move into that certain hope realm. And you'll see at the top where the arrow is, where we big faith and certain hope collide. The definition of certain hope is big faith. When you can believe it yourself. I love this quote. I didn't write it in, but it's a quote by Noah. And it's not a real quote, but you're going to go with it anyway. (laughs) And Noah says, faith will make you look stupid until it starts to rain. You know, that's the kind of faith. That's the kind of faith I'm talking about. It's nobody, nobody sees it yet, but it's there. I love this week we went home and we're sitting around the table and my mom starts talking about how my sister and I, uh, we're kind of crazy at Christmas time. And I begin to see that in my own children. And, and it's, it, they're on the backside of it now, but there were a couple years there that got a little crazy. And so my mom's telling them there was a year that I didn't go to sleep at all. And I sat on the couch in the dark and stared at this Christmas tree. You know, as I got older, me and my sister, I know, we, we would just unwrap all the gifts and then rewrap them. Because the hope that was burning inside of us, we couldn't stand it. And so my mom catches on to that. So she just wouldn't, before Christmas, there's nothing under the tree. She literally keep keeping stuff at work and then bringing it on Christmas Eve. And so we got smarter and adapted as well. And we started leaning on the trust of our mother to tell us what the other one was getting, you know. And so we would tell each other what we were getting until the year that I lied to my sister and told her all these other things she thought she was getting, and she didn't get any of them. And she was mad that year. And that was the end of me knowing what my Christmas gifts were going to be before. But I see it in my own kids. And I love the hope and the passion that children have at Christmas time. A few years ago, Noel was about 9 or 10, and Noah was about 7. They decide, oh, let's have a sleepover on Christmas Eve. And we thought, well, you know, Noel's getting a little bit older, so I think she'll go to sleep, and maybe that'll help Noah go to sleep because he's the one, just like me, that he has a hard time sleeping on Christmas Eve. And let me just tell you, they did not sleep one blink. And at 2 a.m. in the morning, we told them, don't come into our room till 6. And I think they thought maybe it was 5 and they could get away with it, but it was 2. And, and Angie and I laid there in bed and just thought, if we don't get up and do Christmas right now, they, they're not going to go back to sleep. So that year, at 2 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> we did Christmas. And they, I think one of them went back to bed. I'm not sure Noah still ever went back to bed. Why, why do kids have that hope at Christmas time? Why does it, that passion and that joy of what's to come, why does it burn so much inside of them? You know, I think it's because they know that they've turned in their list to Santa, maybe, but they know that they have a mother and a father that love them and, and that we want to bless them. We love to see the smiles on their faces. We love to see the joy on Christmas morning. So they have a hope for what is under that tree. And you know what? Our Heavenly Father is the exact same way. Amen. He 
loves you deeply and personally. And he wants to bless your life. And that's why hope should abound in you. It should grow in you. Over the next couple days, as you think about hopes for the new year, I hope it starts to burn in your memory of what it looks like with that hope accomplished. And that you start to bring faith into it. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from our Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. We have a good Father. What if this year your hopes, coupled with faith, would help you believe that those hopes will come to pass? Because you have a father who loves you. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. Your God loves you. Hope abundantly. Hope deep down inside of you. What does coupling faith and hope together look like for you this year? How can you turn mere wishful hopes into expectant, but even more so, certain hopes. How can you graduate from just hoping to believing? If you have big faith and hope that your relationship with God is going to become more real than it has ever been, and his presence in your life becomes so overwhelming that it is like a cup overflowing, a cup that runneth over, it will happen because big faith sparks hope into action. If you have faith and hope that the relationships in your life are going to grow deeper and richer this year, it will happen because big faith sparks your hope into action. If you have faith that you're going to get out of debt and you're going to honor God with what he is giving you, I am telling you, it will happen because big faith sparks hope into action. Faith is the confidence in things hoped for and the assurance of things not yet seen. What does that look like in the life of this beautiful body of people? What does coupling faith and hope look like for OKC community this year? I think it's believing that 2020 is going to be a banner year in the life of our church. It is believing that we are going to have a bigger impact in our communities, that we are going to touch our local schools like we are already doing, but we're going to do even more. It's that we have the needy and those that need our help, and we are going to have an impact on them like we've never had before. And we're already doing it. We did it this month. We had 30 to 40 people that went out and gave the homeless the coats, the blankets, the socks, the food. It was an incredible time. It's believing that between our connect groups that are coming and our equip groups that are coming, that there's going to be an opportunity for every single person in here to find real community and real relationship and grow in your faith. That's our hope. 
And we hope to put big faith behind that. What are you hoping for in 2020, church? What do you want to have faith in in 2020? Who are you putting your hope in to help you reach new heights in 2020? Faith and hope, expectation with the nuance of counting upon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you love us the way that you do. We're so thankful because of what you did by sending your son and him dying on a cross and him being raised from the dead that, Father, we have a certain hope that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Oh, Lord, you are so good. And, Father, over the course of this next week, as we give you praise and glory for all that you've done in 2019, Father, I just pray that, Holy Spirit, you are going to move you are going to move in our people to build hopes into their lives, to go beyond what is possible, Lord. That, Father, we might know you more, that we might know your power and your strength more. Oh, Jesus, this is a call. It's a call to live with faith. Faith in you where nothing is impossible. Lord, we love you this morning. And we want to give you all of our honor, all the glory, all the praise. Jesus, touch us. May we know you deeper and more richly than we ever have in this coming year. It's in your precious and holy name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.